Welcome back to the 150K Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Graham, where we take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Today actually is a little bit different. I have a return guest. Saba Ali is back. Welcome back to the show. It's nice to have you here. Hello. I am so excited to be back. I know we were just talking about the last show I was on. It felt like it was just yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that was like episode eight. So if you want to get the original one, go back, check it out. Episode eight. Um, But yeah, I've just been watching you do a lot of stuff and we've kind of, you know, both been running around doing a bunch of things and all. But one thing I wanted to commend you on was I think the last time we talked, you were at like 23K on Instagram. Now you're at 33K. I know you've gone through some more branding changes, doing a lot of of different things. And the thing that I really like about you is that you're consistent in your marketing. You change stuff and all, but so I guess my first question is, after I give you all that, those glowing reviews is, what's new? Like, I know you've changed some of the stuff you've been doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Um, and yeah, like, what's new? What's going on for me this year? I know we're just 11 days into 2022, but what I've been doing within the past few months is really shifting my content to... I want to say emotionalize my brand even more. Now, I, I've been building my brand and producing content ever since I was 19. So for a good few years now, I'm 25. I've been in business for like solid two to three years now. But ever since I was building my brand, creating content, I feel like I went through so many waves of how I've been marketing, especially when I started my business to now scaling and now really looking at where does my business look like in terms of vision and mission. So for me, in terms of marketing, I've been really looking at how I'm sharing my stories, how my client experience is going. When new people find me, what is the true feeling that they receive when they're reading my posts, watching my videos, consuming my story? So more than anything, it's like I always say, it's continuing to refine what I've been doing. There isn't anything like huge in terms of me adding on a different social media platform or changing like my entire product suite or anything, but it's really refining the, what I call the essence of my brand and what people really see me as, which has been really cool to also see the shift as I've been making the the last few months. No, and that's good. And like I said, I've just been kind of watching and all. I've been laughing at the reels you've been doing and all the different stuff. (laughs) So your biggest success, I believe you said, it's been on Instagram. Is that correct? Honestly, it's like it's been Instagram and Facebook, but I want to say Instagram really has been the place where like people find me. They haven't even been following me for that long and they're ready to invest And the reason why I do gravitate towards Instagram a little bit more is because I feel like it is more personable than Facebook. I feel like on Facebook, there's a lot going on. There's groups, there's ads, like timeline. It's it's hard to go to people's profiles and truly see like their like entire grid of Mm -hmm. what you see on Instagram. Like when you land on someone's profile on Instagram, you can get the feeling of them, of their content, of their brand in literally like three seconds. So for me, I find Instagram, it's so much easier to build that relationship with current followers and new followers that are coming in. Yeah, no, and and I get that because it's kind of like Facebook's more, you have to go here, click there, do all this, where Instagram, like you said, do I like this person? Do I not? And then you have the reach because you can get more people that you can touch on Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. So my first question would be this. So for people that are starting out in the coaching space, or maybe they've been doing it for a while, what would be some key thoughts or strategies you would have for attracting, you know, their ideal client? Because it's different for everyone, but I mean, there are patterns that people can follow. Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing that you want to get clarity on is who actually are you trying to target? And it goes so much deeper than just I'm targeting a coach or a consultant or like a mother or a speaker. It goes so much deeper than that. It's truly understanding what are their behaviors, their characteristics, what are their thoughts, their fears, their desires? Like, what are they actually looking for? Because what I see happening a lot in the space, which for one, it's awesome because anyone can, you know, literally come online, become a coach, consultant, agency owner, and build a multi six to seven figure business. But with that also being said, people that are just entering the space, they don't know how to market. They don't know how to sell. What's happening is they're either copying coaches, just the basic copy that you see on my posts, on other people's posts, and they see the word coach. They see the word um, service provider. They see the word business owner, and they just think that's their ideal client instead of actually taking the time to understand who they're targeting, right? So when I was even talking about just like emotionally emotionalizing my content more. It's truly talking about the real thoughts people are having, the conversation they're having with their significant other at the end of the day. It's really knowing what does my ideal client think about and what do they truly need in their business. Um, So I would say that's the first step is really getting to know who that person is. If it requires you to do market research and actually talk to them, do it. Mm -hmm. That's been helpful for some of my clients. But once you get clarity on that, then it really is getting clear on your brand message. And that is, who are you? What do you do? And how can you help the person that is coming across your profile, right? Make it really clear in the problem, the process and the promise that you do get somebody. Yeah, no. And that makes sense. I think a lot of times people be like, well, I want to start a business. I want to do that. And they have like a wide net and they pick and choose what they want instead of diving into what they really need and who their person is. I really love that you said they need to connect with them. That's how I make my money in sales. It's not really even what I'm selling the person. If I can connect with their heart, their soul, their mind, they're going to buy from me. Same thing online. If you can connect with their heart, soul, mind, do you do avatars? Like I've dealt with some people, I've talked with them and they have like an avatar, like they actually named their person, Bill or Pete or Sally or whatever name that is. And that are you like big on that? Or is it a little bit different for you? I find it situational. I think it really just depends on the person. For me, that's never really stuck with me, but for some of my clients, they love it. <laughs> like they'll name it their avatar, their ideal client. So it really depends if that's helpful for you when you're sitting down, writing content, crafting out an offer, um, looking at your sales process, if it's helpful to actually name your avatar because you get scattered in terms of language and messaging and voice, then do that. For me, I think since I've been in business for a while and I just know who I'm targeting. I don't necessarily have to name them, but I think it's a fun exercise to do, especially if you, you know, you do get scattered, your content seems too general. You feel like you're speaking to everybody. I think it'd be, it'd be really fun to do that. Yeah, no, no, I get you there. So let's talk a little bit about mindset and how people approach this because tactics can be taught, but I think you would agree with me. You're the secret sauce for your brand, your idea, your stuff. What would you encourage people instead of them doing the cookie cutter shake, I'm going to try and be Saba or I'm going to try and be Joe. Mm -hmm. How do you encourage your clients 
like to your coaches to, uh, you know, be themselves or what steps? Yeah, this is, I love this question. And because I've been talking about this a lot recently in my content. And of course, like I've, I've always taught on this branding is all about you. It's basically you putting your personality in your marketing, in your sales, in your offers, which is why people buy. Yep. Um, so the thing is what I'm seeing happening in the online space is people are telling either their clients or other coaches that are just getting into the space that you have to be an act a certain way in order to get sales. So of course, if someone's new in business, even in entrepreneurship, they've never sold anything online. Of course, mm -hmm. what are they going to do? They're going to exa act exactly like their coach, yeah. <laughs> right? So what happens is this coach over here, they've already built an audience. People are already buying from them. And this person right over here, they're trying to be this person. They're never going to be that individual. Right. So in result, you're truly doing the worst thing possible, which is cutting out your own personality, your own voice, your own self-expression. Now on the flip side, that also doesn't mean just go out and throw anything out there because you still do need strategy when it comes to marketing and sales, right? It's like, mm -hmm. if you never once again sold anything in your life, you probably <laughs> don't know what you're doing. <laughs> right. Right. So I, I feel like for one, it's self-awareness of understanding where you're at in a business level. And then number two, also owning your own authenticity, your own power, your own leadership, and looking at what might be the things that I'm hiding online, because that's usually what you want to highlight that will set you apart from every single person that's selling the exact same thing that you are online. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think a lot of people, when they get into it, they don't know what to do. So like in my world in sales, they try to act like Grant Cardone, or they're trying to act like <laughs> Jordan Belfort. And it's just like, no, just be you. The principles are the same. You still have to have the contacts. You still have to talk to people. You still have to shine your light, do what you need to do. But yeah. people are attracted to you and they trust you because you're you. I mean, mm -hmm. people can smell a fake a mile away. So, no, those are extremely great points. So, like, and I've noticed a transition in your marketing and in your stuff. So, how did you or what makes you, when do you feel that you need to start making a change or adapting? Because, like, I've seen you, your posts change a little bit and you've said recently, hey, I'm being more of who I am now, I'm more comfortable. And I think that's a growth thing. But how do you walk someone through that? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I want to say like, let's look at it like three phases of a business owner and as a business, when you're just starting, you can't be like Tony Robbins, right? So like with Tony Rob Robbins, he can make a post online that says, you know, like, just go out there and do it. And people will fall in love with that post because it's Tony Robbins. Right. He's built authority. He's built a position, like positioning. People love him as an individual. What I see happening is when people are in the first stage of their business, the first level, they're being way too general. They're being way too inspiring and they don't have any authority to do that, which is why they're not bringing in sales. So that's where you do need more structure when it comes to your content. You do need to teach more. You do need to um, educate your clients more. You do need to give away more to build that rapport and build that trust so people actually buy from you. So I feel like when you understand just like the basics of marketing, the basics of even selling one product, then you can get to that second phase of adding more creativity in your marketing, but still being very um 
in your zone and in a one road of, okay, this is what, what I'm focused on. This is what people know me for. I'm going to continue to create content trainings offer around this, but I can have more fun in my marketing, you know, add different styles when it comes to my trainings, name my things um, a little bit different. So it's not just like the cookie cutter dry marketing Mm -hmm. that I was doing before just to understand how business works online. And then I want to say the third phase is true innovation of adding more of your own personality and more of your vision. I feel like you get to a point in your business where you need to understand from a personal level why you're in business. Is it for lifestyle or is it for vision? And those two are very different things. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's this message, especially in the coaching hustle world where you have to continue to scale your business, which I don't think is true. I have clients that are so happy making six figures a year Mm -hmm. and they just want to do that because they just want to live their life. They don't want to be Tony Robbins, which is fine, right? And some people, they want to build multiple six, seven figure businesses and they want to be like a Tony Robin, right? So that's where you get to have that innovation, put your own spunk, talk about the different things that you want to do outside of your coaching business. But people will feel that through your content and get more excited because they see you moving and growing. So once again, I think more than anything, like it always comes back to self-awareness, what you want in your business and knowing what level you're at. Yeah. And I love that you said that because a lot of people see the flashiness, but don't understand the time, the effort and the work to do it. And it's okay if you, honestly, if you make a business and you're making over a hundred thousand, you're in the top 10%. Mm-hmm. Like literally you're in the top 10%. You make over 200,000, you're in the top 3%. So I know we see all the flashy dreams and stuff, and I'm all for people going after what they want to do. I mean, it's called the 150K podcast. We're (laughs) going to get to that level to start with. But I love that you said, you know what? It's life by design. What makes Mm -hmm. you happy? You know, Mm -hmm. if 100,000 makes you happy and you get to spend time with your kids, your family, and do what, you know, fills your heart, do that. I I just, I wanted to like hone in on that a little bit because I think too many times, especially in this space, people get feel guilty if they're not hustling. Well, they did their first 15K month or 20K month or even 1K month when they're starting out. And they're like, well, but I didn't do this. And I got to do else. No, mm-hmm. reward yourself, be happy, mm-hmm. and then just move forward to what works for you. So totally commend you on that. Yeah. What other new endeavors are you into? I mean, oh, wait, wait, wait. Let's stop on that one because I had another question. I just remembered. Yeah. When you're first starting out, do you recommend just having one solid offer And then up until what point would you start adding new offers in? Yeah. So for me, I'm going to be biased and just share through my experience and my, my own story. For me, I started with just one offer and I started with high ticket offers. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually you see people like, you know, start with like low ticket and like, you know, work their way up to high ticket. For me, the reason why I started with like, I started with one-on-one coaching in like the few thousand dollar range. And the reason why I started that level was because for one, 
I wanted to work with clients that were super committed and I wanted to work with them in a closer proximity so I could get better at my craft and at coaching too. And like back then when I first started, like I was still in college, I just graduated. I didn't need to make like 10 K months. I (laughs) I just wanted to make enough. So I didn't have to go work a job. Right. So for me, like logically, I'm like, okay, if I can sell one 4k package a month, and I can just work with that client, like I'm good. Mm -hmm. But if I have to sell like 400 to like 400 clients, like a $10 offer, even like a hundred dollar offer, like that felt so heavy to me because I had to make so many sales and I didn't have that big of an audience. Right. So I want to say, if you're just starting focus on one offer, like you don't have to charge thousands. If that's not aligned to you, if you're like, I just can't even say that number to someone start small and work your way up. But I just don't think it makes sense to have so many offers if you can't even scale and sell one. Yeah, no. And I'm with you hundred percent. Like, especially in the sales game, I sell, even in my normal corporate day job, I sell big ticket items on purpose because yeah. if I sell four or five of them a month, I destroy my quota. It works out well. With my coaching, I sell high ticket coaching. I don't do, unless you're a super personal friend of mine and then really I'm not even charging you. I yeah. don't do low ticket because for me, time is money. But then yeah. again, it, I think it comes down to, and correct me if I'm wrong, what skill sets you have and what value you can bring to. Because like yeah. selling in general is a skill set that a lot of people need. So I can help them with that marketing, with what you do. It's, so I think it's kind of just balancing that out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, yeah, it's knowing like what you are skilled at and like the way you price your coaching or your product offer, whatever you're selling, it really is in just direct correlation of what, what you are helping someone with. Right. So on the flip side too, I also see a lot of people just saying like charge high ticket, charge high ticket, but beginner coaches where they don't even have a skill to teach they're right. trying to sell high ticket. And then it's mm-hmm. like, it just doesn't work. Right. Cause you don't even have a real skill. So once again, I feel like it always just comes back to self-awareness knowing where you're at and then going from there. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I think that goes into networking and knowing and leveling up. And like, I know you've invested in people. I've invested in people to level up. And yeah. it's something that people don't always like to do, but you need to do. If you're a coach and entrepreneur, and I know you're going to agree with me on this one, you need to have coaches. You need to go to meetings. You need to go to events and network. And I'm just learning this more now because I used to be a superstar sales guy and would just go have fun. And I'm like, I'm going to start this online thing. I'm like, holy crap, I'm not the big fish anymore. I need to actually learn what I'm doing. And then like you said, also, so here's a really, this would be an interesting question. Say someone's like, hey, I want to do something online, but I don't know what I want to do. How do they start? What would be some ways to find something that they could do? Because maybe they don't do sales or marketing or mindset or stuff. You know, what what, what would be some ideas? Mm -hmm. I love this question because I went through this phase as well when I was trying to figure out what type of business I wanted to build. The first thing that I want to say is don't go into it with the thoughts of only making money, like what product, what business model is going to make me the most amount of money because anyone will make you millions of dollars. So don't go into it just because you want to make cash online. Um, What I would recommend is really just like explore, look at the things that you might be interested in and maybe pick one to start off with and just try it for a month. I remember when I was in college, the year before I graduated that summer, I was going into my last year of college. 
I actually, <laughs> I've only told like a few people this. I declined an internship for a really big fashion company in New York City because I graduated with a fashion major. And like before that summer, I knew I wasn't going to go work a job after graduation. I declined that internship to try, like truly just test different business models that summer. That summer, I tried affiliate marketing. I did e-commerce drop shipping. I created my own like <laughs> store online. Yep. Like I tried and it wasn't even like the goal wasn't to make money. The goal was to try and figure out like what feels good to me and mm-hmm. what is something that I actually see that is going to be sustainable and scalable after I graduate. Right. So what happened with me was I went through these series of like products and business models and offers. And what stuck with me back then was an agency, right? So I was doing social media marketing. I did that all throughout my last year of college. I graduated and then I was like, okay, I don't like how this is scaling. I'm much more of a people person. That's when I transitioned into coaching back in what, 2019. Mm -hmm. So like, don't, I just wanna say it again, like don't pick a business model because you think it's gonna be more profitable than something else. Any business model, any strategy is going to work for you. It is more about what feels aligned to you. What are you passionate about? And what are you skilled at, right? It's like, if you can choose something that you're skilled at already, you have passion for it, you know, go, go do that. Yeah. And I agree with you hundred percent because people know and value real and they know if you're genuine or not, you can tell for the most part, unless you've not been burnt too much, you can tell normally if someone's really trying to help you or just trying to get money from you. And if you're in it for money, do drop shipping or something simple where you don't have to have the customer engagement as much would be what I would say. Um, but mm-hmm. passion's huge because this is not, I know Saba and I are talking, we're like all excited and all, but this is not always an easy game. There are late nights, there are schedules, there's stuff that you have to sacrifice, give up to do to, to be able to do what we do, which we like, which is great, but yeah, find something that you love because if not, you're not going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And like one, one more thing I would love to add on there is like, look at this. If you're trying to build a business, once again, for your life, don't just look at it in the short term game. Don't just look at it for what am I going to do for the next year or two? Like, look at it like five years, 10 years. Look at if you have a family, look at how you actually want to live. When you mentioned once again, like e-commerce drop shipping, if you are super introverted, you don't want to be on social media every single day. You don't want to go out and network. That's probably a good business model for you because you're behind <laughs> yep. the scenes, <laughs> right? It's like, all you have to do is show up and you throw up some ads, do influencer marketing and sales are coming in and you don't have to talk to anybody. Right. But if you're on the flip side, like me, who loves to have a conversation who loves to work with people one-on-one you, you might still be able to do that, but how fulfilling it is it going to be, you know, years down the road? Yeah, no. I, and I'm with you there because it's like seeing people succeed and be able to realize like for what I do with sales, that it's not scary. It's not icky. It's not bad. It's just problem solving and helping people and seeing mm-hmm. the light bulb go click. It's way better to me than I like making money. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. that's why I do the coaching. It's, it's, it's you have to have a passion for it. Mm-hmm. Now tell people where they can find you. We're not done, but I always do it in the middle. Where can people find you? Yeah, well, we've talked about Instagram a lot. So you can find me on Instagram. My handle is at the Saba Lee. Um, and yeah, you can you can find me there. Perfect. 
So what's new with you? Like, I know you've been doing some marketing shifts and stuff. Are there any other ventures? Or are you just still going super deep in the marketing and what you're doing and the coaching? Yeah, yeah. So definitely refining, continue to refine everything that I'm doing. One thing I am going to do this year is get into doing events. So I've always done online events, like I do them so frequently. And one word that I actually put on my vision board, if you are watching the video, (laughs) um, is community, is building more community. So that's something that I'm going to be doing here in South Florida. I'm based in around like the Miami area. So putting on events, small networking events, big events, that's something I definitely want to do this year. So that's really exciting for me because for the first few years before I even ever got started in my own business, when I was working with my mentor, all I did was put on events for him, (laughs) mastermind events, huge events. I did all of, you know, the setting up and communication with hotels, the meals, like everything. So I'm like, okay, I've done that before, but I've never done it for myself. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I know for, for one will help build community. But number two, like I miss that in-person interaction and bringing yeah. people together. So that's something I'm really excited about. I haven't you know, actually talked about it with my community yet. We're still like setting everything up. Um, but yeah, that's something that's, that's gonna definitely happen this year that I'm so stoked about. No, that's awesome. I actually went to an event in October. Um, well, you know, George Bryan, I believe, uh, yeah. you know, I went to his event and it was just so nice to be in a room of like-minded people, coaches, entrepreneurs, business owners, some multimillionaires were in the room. Some people just starting out like me were in the room, but it was just that collective. Yeah. I really highly recommend events and also online stuff. I've taken a couple of Sabah's courses. They're amazing. They're great. You need to check them out as well. I'm going to give you a plug there because I've taken it, so, <laughs> I but I it. only, only plug stuff that I've done. Like I will never say yeah. do something I haven't tried out. Like I did your weekly calendar, the 30 day calendar one. And I still use that. And I did that. Awesome. I love hearing that. Yeah. Well, I mean, success leaves clues. If you yeah. do the right things over and over again, you're going to succeed. Mm-hmm. Most of the time people just don't like it because it's boring after a while, not in the, yeah. but it is because you had to do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that you brought that point up. I'm going to talk on that just a little bit. It's like, the thing is like, business does get boring, but it's also like the discipline, the consistency of like working through like the mundane and like the daily actions every single day. And this is something that I talk with my clients, um, with about is how can you add like the day one back to like your day, like 300 or 500, right? It's like when you're day one of your business, everything is so exciting, right? It's like you do the first post, you get the first client, get on the first sales call, like buy your ring light. (laughs) Like all of it is so exciting. (laughs) Like I always tell my clients, okay, if you're starting to feel bored, like what can you do? add in your schedule to make it more exciting. Even if it's just working in a different environment, changing up how your office looks like, um, you know, switching up your routine a little bit, because that's where people get into like almost burnout and unfulfillment of like, Oh, is this really what I want? When in reality, like once again, like it might be, you might have to change what you're actually doing in your business, or it might just be, you need to add more spark and more fun. Right. So I think that's also, you know, just important to know, like having the discipline of doing the daily tasks, because when you're scaling a business, 
there really isn't much new you're doing. It's just refinement of the current strategy. Um, but yeah, like add something fun in there, buy a new ring light. I don't know. <laughs> I have not bought the ring light yet, but I have been doing just different things with, uh, I'm, I'm with you. Cause there's times like, I'm like, why am I doing this? My sales job, I make a lot of money. I'm good. And then I go back to you. Well, because I want to help people because I want people to be able to go on trips like I took my kids on. I want, and then I find my why again and I go through and I sit back and go, I did this in just my corporate sales job and it's successful. I can do the same principles online. It's successful. People need to know this. And it's just like you said, just getting yeah, shifting your perspective. Like I'll go on walks and just do different things just so I can, yeah. you know, change it. What other words of wisdom, thoughts, ideas that you want to maybe leave my audience with? Yeah, so much comes to mind, honestly, so much. Um, but I want to say like the main thing is following the intuition that's coming up for you every single day is going to be your best leader to success. And it doesn't matter if you're just starting, if you're scaling, if like you're already making millions, like that intuition that comes to mind, like the first, I always say like the first decision, the first action item, instead of overthinking and even looking at all the options, go with that. Because typically that's the best option because it comes to your mind first. Right. So for me, like I've always built my business out of taking action before I even know the plan. And -hmm. it's worked pretty well for me so far. Of course, I failed numerous times. Don't get me wrong. So many mistakes, so much like worrying and crying up like, oh, my gosh, is this going to work? Are my people going to buy? People aren't engaging. Like I've been through all of it, like the highs of highs, the lows of lows. But every time I followed my intuition, it's always led me to getting back up and scaling that way. So yeah, for you who's listening, watching, if you're just starting, just, just go for it. Just test it out. Try if you're scaling, continuing to do the consistent actions, add some spark to it. And if you are at the top right now and you're wondering what to do next, Look at the big picture vision of five, 10, 20 years from now, because that's probably what's most important instead of look at, oh, I didn't reach my numbers for the week or the month, because in reality, it probably doesn't make a huge difference years and years down the road. Yeah, no, I love that. Be true to your vision, have your game plan set up. You, you brought a bunch of fire again. Appreciate you being back on the show. You're the first person I've had on for a second time. Yay! So thank you so much. <laughs> and for all of you listening, I know you know people that need to hear this. Send this episode to your friends, family, anyone you know that might need to hear it. And then if you can go like, subscribe, and share. On, we're on Apple. We're on Spotify. Pretty much anywhere you get your podcast. And until next time, I'm your host, Joe Graham. 150K Podcast, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Talk to you soon.